Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. People who are sitting in your church, they don't finish, say the closing prayer and they go home. That's not over. You know why it's not over? Because of this little device that they have in their hand, it is not over. They continue to stay with your church. If you have an app, if you have a website, if you have a social media presence, if you have a Facebook page, guess what? They are still in your church. Even as they go back, they are still connected to you. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson Gray. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Show, we're talking about how churches and faith-based organizations can embrace the world of live streaming. So let's get on with it right now. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content Content and and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show. I'm excited to be here talking about how churches and faith-based organizations can embrace live streaming. Well, it's time to bring in my special guest today. I'm very excited about this. He's a great friend of mine. It's Nachi Lazarus, and I'm excited to talk to him because it's been such a while. But Nachi is a digital and social media marketing consultant specializing in working with nonprofits, churches, and faith-based ventures. He is a keynote speaker. He is the author of The Connected Church, a best seller on Amazon, and he is the co-founder of Open Minds Digital Agency. Welcome to the show, Nachi. Great to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. Great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, this, this whole area of how churches, nonprofits, and faith-based organizations is something that I've been really interested in for a while. If you're listening or watching and you're not involved in a church or faith-based organizations, there's still going to be loads you'll be able to learn from this episode uh, because a lot of the stuff that we'll be talking about when it comes to churches and faith-based organizations, you can definitely tweak and put forward uh, for maybe you've got an event. So, First of all, Nachi, how did you get into all of this, you know, into what you're doing? Maybe tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing, what your position now is, but then how did you get into all of this? Because I was always interested in the history. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a marketing guy. I've been in marketing for 20 years now. Can't believe it's been so long. And about uh, 15 years ago, I started looking at the trends and I was just out of my corporate job. and. Uh, just started my business and I was uh, looking at what's happening in the digital world. So I was very interested in the digital space. Back then, when I said digital, many people who I know, many of my friends and family thought I was in like a printing business because that's what you call it in <laughs> India. You call it like digital printing. So they just thought I was like going around putting up banners and posters. So not many people knew about digital those days. But still, when I did some work with some of the clients overseas, I I actually saw some of the trends in the Silicon Valley uh, with Facebook just 
getting started iphone was just released you know there was there was a trend towards apps and there was just a trend towards a digital space so i was very interested and i started shifting and pivoting towards the digital space way back then and interestingly one of the very first assignments i had uh, and and in fact that came out of a need was from a faith based organization and my heart was always helping nonprofits and faith based organizations because there's just so much need in the world and just basically as a person i'm i'm interested in that space so uh, there was this opportunity and and the opportunity was related to live stream so that's another reason i'm excited about this because that's how my career started it actually started with live stream my entire digital uh, journey started with live stream and website so that that's how we kicked kicked off uh, that journey and and it's been what a ride it's been and and yeah. over the years i've been talking about live stream i've been talking about digital all the way leading up to 2020 you know and <laughs> yeah but we won't talk about that well it yeah it's, it is amazing it's all the stuff I, I don't know whether you look back on, on your life and think well what was all that about why did i learn about that or why did i do that and i think often it's like it, it is like we're being prepared for certain events later on and and I, I certainly feel that you feel that because the last year for both of us has been incredibly busy. People have been finally embracing live streaming. And, and of course, one thing I should say, we, we talked about this before we started the, the podcast uh, recording, is that you're, you're based in, in South India. How has live streaming, well, tell us a little bit more about how you first started with live streaming, because I know this is something you mentioned to me earlier, and you've been live streaming for quite a while. So tell us about that. And then I'd also be interested to know like, how has live streaming being embraced in India? Yeah, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's sort of an interesting position for me because uh, when, when I started, the infrastructure was still not in place. I mean, even today, it's not in, in place in a big way, but it has come a long way. But when we started our 2007, eight is when I started experimenting with live streaming for uh, nonprofits. And when we started out, the, the end user did not have much of a ability to watch a live stream or listen to live stream. So basically uh, what we started with is an audio stream using a USB dongle because most of the time we didn't even have enough bandwidth to push out a video stream. The upload bandwidth was almost non-existent. So I, I still remember going and assembling a Windows machine, putting in a, a capture card and then coming back, getting the dongle, putting it in. And then one Sunday morning, the very first test live stream of all audio goes out and then our streaming server starts showing up this you know the first person then the 10th person and the 100th person and we were like oh my goodness 100 people are listening to us live and they're not sitting in this building they're sitting somewhere in some you know cities and literally the very first uh, stream i still remember ian went out to i think 42 towns uh, in our in our country i mean different different places it was all some of them are villages some of them were small towns so i was i mean the, i finished that it was not it, not many people really and most people tuned in and they were there only for a few minutes and they logged off so the first stream was not like a huge you know breakthrough but it was a breakthrough in the sense i just switched it off and i gave that report to my you know the people i worked with and and then i sat down and i said good god this is something 
I mean, you can sit in a room, you can have this uh, talk. Uh, so for many of you, if you're not in church or ministry, you still have a content. You are saying something that is going to help your audience and they're not in that room and it's going to reach them. And so this concept 15 years ago just hit me so hard. And, uh, and having looked at social media and the growth of technology and the smartphones and everything, I knew it was going to get there. And I thought it was going to be sooner. We took a, took a while, took a little more than a decade, but then it eventually happened. So I am, uh, I mean, having watched this over the years, Ian, uh, I'm, I'm so uh, excited to see the, the kind, the, the journey that we have taken and the path that we've come through. But it's been, it's been fantastic. And it's always great to look back, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you've yeah. had a long career as well. And just look back and say where you started. It's been amazing, right? Well, that, that is an amazing story. And I think that, so I'd be interested, like what made you want to try that in the first place? Because I think, as I was saying, it's taken the pandemic to, for many churches around the world, to get round to embracing live video. And it's it's basically, it's almost been, it's been a bit of a negative thing in the sense that, oh, we, we, we can't have people in, in our building. We're going to have to do something about it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we have to do live streaming. It's been a response in a sense to a, to a negative thing. Whereas your story is so much more positive. That wasn't during the pandemic, but you saw this opportunity. Tell us a little bit more about what you were thinking at the time and what the process was into uh, just trying this out. And, and what did you expect? You know, the, the results were obviously a lot more than what you th- thought they were going to be. But tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. And and in situations like the first thing I want to say is it, it takes two people to make this happen. So if you are listening to me, part of a media team or you're part of the digital team, you're not a content creator. Or if you're a content creator uh, and not part of the digital team, it just takes two people to do that. The, the person who runs the technology and the person who actually creates the content. In cases like Ian, it's the same person. And I mean, like me, I'm the same person. But most of the time in, in organizations, it's two different people. So for me, what I was blessed with is this content creators who trusted me to experiment with this. And and that was what really kicked me off. And today I'm really thankful. I mentioned this in my book. Our pastor of our church is, is one of the most technologically forward-thinking visionary I've ever seen. And he was like, let's try new things. I want to, let's reach more people because, because this is going to be life-changing. People are going to be transformed. People are going to be uh, blessed by hearing what we had to, what we have to say. For example, I, I, I went and I listened to this message about how to get out of debt. And I got out of debt. And uh, the people come and they hear about messages about how to succeed in life. And they succeed in life. These are like the stories that happen in our church. And 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 uh, and the leaders that I work with, and like, like my church pastor at that time, they were visionaries. And they said, let's try this. So yeah, just by being a media person, just by being a digital technology geek, you can't make certain things happen. You got to have the content creators back you up. Now, the good thing with uh, what has happened now, uh, I mean... Uh, not not a lot of things is good, but but one of the positive outcomes that we can take off is most content creators are not, right now ready. So if you are listening to us, I know many of you follow Ian who are from the live streaming industry. So the, the thing is now people are ready to listen to you. So those days when we started, not many were ready to listen. But in my case, I was really blessed enough to have one or two leaders who are ready to listen to me. And these leaders said, let's try this. Let's try this something new. So 
all the setup, all the stuff that we needed to do. I had this encouragement from the ministries that I work with, the organizations, nonprofits that I work with to uh, go ahead and try it. I think that was a big thing. And also whoever is listening to me, even now, if you're not trying something new, I would encourage you to think uh, differently because, uh, I mean, for us, when we, we tried in 2007, eight, it was odd. And we were like only one of the very few. In fact, I think we were the very first, one of the first churches in this part of the world to do live streaming. And it was not a common thing. But guess what? When we were hitting the 2020 lockdowns, we were ready. Like, you know, it's it, it just everything was in place because we've been streaming for years, more than a decade. So we had the systems, we had the processes, we had the, the bandwidth, we had everything that you need to go. So literally there was less disruption in many of the organizations I work with because they were ready. So today I just want to tell you, just take this moment to, if, if that's okay with you, and to just encourage the people who are listening uh, to try new things. You know, be visionaries. Always try to like experiment. I don't know, maybe with VR, maybe with the AI, with, you know, uh, different types of streaming or stuff like what Yen is doing right now where you know we are able to stream in multiple places using restream and so on so just keep trying new things because you never know what technological barrier or or societal uh, constraints we are going to face in the days to come and if you are ready for the future then it makes it much much easier when you actually hit that roadblock so just wanted to add that along with that story of how I, I started very blessed with the you know, visionaries being uh, people that I worked with yeah Oh, that's wonderful to hear. I, and I love this. Uh, this is uh, Jeremiah says, uh, this is something I felt. Uh, I felt that when I first live streamed in audio in 2013, that's, I mean, that is early when it comes to live streaming. And yeah, th there were two, two words or two phrases that you used, Nachi, uh, which resonated with me very greatly there. And that was trying new things as Jeremiah's put there, uh, but also encouragement. And I think we, we, we need that. Now churches, some churches in the world are not always known for, well, hopefully they are with the encouragement. I mean, you know, um, that is a very biblical principle of encouragement, but when it comes to, uh, trying new things, that's not always, um, something that churches will embrace. Why do you think that is? And, and how would you encourage churches to, yeah, just to try new things and experiment? And um, I mean, obviously, I we, we, we know each other and you can probably see if you're watching us live or watching the replay, you can see the excitement on our faces. Oh, new things. This is exciting. But let's face it, not everyone's like that. <laughs> So how, how yeah, would you encourage yeah. people? Yeah. And, and many times, uh, I think genuinely, you know, this that people are really scared of new things. And, and sometimes it's, uh, you know, almost like rightly so kind of thing, because it, it, it's, it's a new thing. It's almost like a fear of the unknown. So I just want to encourage you with two things practically, I, not just encouragement saying, come on, you, you can do this, try it. That's, that's definitely there. And, uh, I'm going to say that, but, but I want to give you the logical, logical reason of why you need to try to new things. So first is things are constantly changing with your audience. All right. So like I said, when we started our audience, we're actually not very ready. But we we said if the audience this is if this is the trend and if this is where it's going, if we don't try live streaming, if we don't try new things, then when the audience are ready, we are going to miss out the opportunity to serve them. So even if you're a business, even if you're a, a business owner who wants to serve your audience in a meaningful way, uh, you know, you have to keep this in mind. And especially if you're a church or a faith-based organization, your job is directly like connected to serving. And, uh, and it's very important for you to think, how 
can I always be relevant to my audience? So that's the first thing. Your audience are going to have a change. And if you are not willing to change, it's going to be difficult for you to reach out to them and be there for them when things change for them. Like in the pandemic, nobody had a choice. Things just changed. It's not like we wanted it to change, but things changed. People were in their houses and they did not have their choice or did not have an option to go out. Now, that, that I don't know if that's going to happen again, but it might or it might not. I hope it does not. Uh, but that's not the only constraint. Let's talk about another constraint in a positive way. What if people are traveling more? What if people are... Uh, you know, uh, having a, a work now, now every, uh, there are lots of companies like, for example, LinkedIn says, you know, you can choose to work at home. Most departments are going to be work at home. So people are at home. So how will they, how will they listen to you as a church or a nonprofit? Or how will they listen to you even as a business if you don't embrace the technologies and the ways to reach people like live streaming or VR or whatever they're going to use in the future? So first thing is your audience are changing and you need to change it. That's the first encouragement that I want to give you. The second is the importance of your message. Whether you're selling a product or a service, I mean, it's a good product, it's a good service, right? That's why you're selling it, right? You're convinced that this is good, right? And and especially for churches, the message is really literally called the gospel, which is the good news, right? The good news. And you have something good in your hand. Now, all the time, one of the things I learned with great church leaders that I worked with all over the world, now I have the privilege of working with different countries, different big churches and small churches, big nonprofits, visionaries, right? And one of the things that I learned constantly, Ian, is people, they, they have this passion saying, I've got something good in my hand. How can I take it all the time and share it with others? So one is the audience change. The other is actually the message that you have. And the message could be even a product or a service, something good that has reached the audience. You know, when I did my business school, my marketing professor, uh, this is why I, I love marketing, because I had a fantastic marketing professor. And uh, he said, here is a definition of marketing he gave me years ago. He said, marketing is simply this. It is the a good product taken to the right audience simple that's like the simplest marketing definition i've ever heard a good product taken to a right audience so in this case a good message of the church taken to the right audience or a good a service from a consultant taken to the good uh, you know right client so basically you, the, how you should always be obsessed about thinking how can i take this good message all the time, all the time to people. And there is no better way than live stream. There's no better way than technologies like this, which enable you to do that. Look at us. I mean, we are live streaming right now and I'm able to communicate what's been in my heart for years to you, which I've never been able to do earlier. So absolutely, those are the two reasons uh, I would think of, yeah, of why people should try new things. Love that. Really do. I think that's, that, I'm getting all excited here. <laughs> uh, and Jeremiah says, good uh, product taken to the right audience. So yes, absolutely. What's what you were saying, Natchez? You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. One of the 
big advantages, I think, that I've seen over the last year with churches embracing live streaming is it, it kind of breaks down some of those barriers. So some people feel nervous going into a church building. They may have some connection. They may want to meet with people. They may want to hear, they may want to connect, but like, let's face it, you know, church buildings can feel a little bit like, I don't know, scary. And <laughs> I know that uh, when our church is live streamed, the number of people who haven't really got much of a connection with the church has been amazing. Um, I've, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people and it's really cool. Like my, my parents have been, uh, they, they don't live uh, in my village or anything, but they've been uh, tuning into the church services on, on the live stream. Even, even today, even though we are starting to meet in person, the live streaming is coming on. So I think that is one big advantage. What other advantages are there for churches? You know, why would you say live streaming is perfect for churches and nonprofits. Yeah. So uh, I want to mention two things. One is I want to build on what you just mentioned mm. with the audience. So it, uh, usually in churches, there are two sets of audience and it's applicable to any organization. Basically, there is a set of existing audience. And in my book, I, I talk about another audience called extended audience. So existing audience and extended audience. So existing audience in, in a church context, it's, it's even more pronounced than a, than an, any other type of organization because a church do does have, most churches at least do have an existing congregation uh, as a group of members who are already connected to the organization. So there is an existing audience and then there is an extended audience. Now, the beauty of live stream is, uh, is that it is connected to this incredible platform called social media. And again, I talk about this in my book because of that platform. What happens is there is this social component when you go live, like right now we're going live and, uh, you know, Jeremiah is, is chatting with us and I don't know who else is going to watch the live. Uh, broadcast later. Uh, now, what happens is uh, when somebody watches it and comments and likes what happens in the social world, as you we know very clearly, is that their friends are going to be informed about it. So the existing audience become this great conduit for the ex ex extended audience who you have not yet reached. So let's say you're a, you're a church or an organization that just has 50 to 100 people who are connected to you. And then each of them have 100. Then you suddenly have this incredible opportunity of going live. And because the live is connected to social media, you have this connect ability to reach this 10,000 people from 100. Imagine 100 to 10,000. And that is much more pronounced in a church environment because not many organizations in the world can boast of a, a captive audience like a church. I mean, a church is a really one of the few niches where the audience are really captive. Like they like this organization. They like the speaker. They have, they will come to, even if you're boring, they'll come and listen to you. They just, you know, will sit there <laughs> simply because of the system. So the church system has this incredible affinity that, uh, that's, that the audience have towards the organization and towards the content creator, uh, which in your world and my world as marketers we know how valuable that is the affinity of the audience to the content creator here the affinity of the audience to the content creator is built into the system as a tradition how amazing is that what an opportunity that is so i would say guys i mean if you are not using live stream and the power of social media to grow your ministry i mean you are absolutely missing out on this unique opportunity that faith-based organizations have because of this whole existing and the extended audience dynamic so that's number one the number two reasons i want to just add on is also the evergreen content 
you know system that that churches have i mean which i work i work i used to work with businesses a lot earlier for the past past eight nine years i've been extremely focused on faith-based space but before that i all i used to do both faith-based and uh, non-faith-based uh, business organizations. So I have worked with a few other niches and I know not many niches can say this, that every content they create is evergreen. I mean, how many, how many, how many niche, uh, you know, industries can say that you can't because many of it is getting outdated, but the content that faith-based organizations, especially churches create is like evergreen. Every single content is evergreen. And the system is that you create content every week. And how long have you been doing that? Like if you go to any social media conference, which Ian and me go to all the time, and you will listen to one thing that comes from every single expert, they would say, create consistent content. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, good God, we've been creating consistent content in the church for the last 2000 years. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like we don't have to go to a conference to learn that we create content every week, you know, so you, you don't have you have you have this unique advantage, guys, like as church leaders, as faith based organizations, you have no idea how big that advantage is. You can go and ask another small business owner how big that is. I mean, to create a weekly content, people sweat and toil, but you do this all the time. So you've got the content. You've got the captive audience. Why in the world would you not do it? There you have it. Stop. <laughs> there you go. There's just no excuse. It's just, it is amazing. It is. So <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I obviously I agree with everything that you've said there. One big uh, obstacle I think some churches have and faith-based organizations have had. And actually, to, to be fair, I mean, most people who have wanted to embrace live streaming face this barrier is how do we get started? Like the tech, I mean, it's scary. Now I know some churches have just got started with one of these things, you know, just a phone and they've live streamed. Okay. The audio has not been great, but uh, you know, they've, they've done something. Um, what would you, how would you recommend that a church get started um, with live streaming? Yeah, I, I want to recommend a really important resource and the person that they follow is uh, this is a person that I really admire and I, I follow all the time. His name is Ian Anderson Gray. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, guys, no, no, I'm not joking. Really, I've been following Ian for years and I've learned so much and whatever I do in terms of life and I recommend uh, I have learned a lot from Ian. Honestly, not joking. Ian can close his ears if he doesn't want to hear this, but really he is uh, one of the biggest experts in the world. So I would say here is the principle. So follow people like Ian. Uh, I mean, go to his website. And if you don't believe me, just look at his tools. Look at Ian Anderson's tools. That is like mind blowing. His tools page is just incredible. He's got tools about the camera, the mic. So some of you listening to me, you're going to listen to this recording. I know many church leaders are going to listen to me tonight. You know, after we finish this, you're going to listen to this. So here, yeah, take note of it. Go to Ian's website, go to the tools page and really check out. And I'm not saying this because I'm on the show. I have said this in other shows. I've said this in my podcast and other places. Ian's tools page is one of the best. And uh, so you will look at the type of cameras you need, the type of, uh, you know, uh, microphones you need and so on. So not just Ian. So I just also want to uh, branch out and say there are many people out there who help you to do that. Now, I also want to be fair and I want to agree with Ian. It's not easy. The tech part is not easy. So here is my solution. Um, most churches have the ability to do two things. You can hire uh, a professional team to help you with your tech. 
Okay, I would say don't try to learn everything, right? Because you're a, if you're a church leader or a pastor, your job is something else. Just uh, off late, I've been maturing enough to understand that you don't have to learn everything. You you can get help, okay? So you get professional help. But even if you can't afford professional help, here is what my input is. Now I'm this is something I tell most churches these days. Go and get a hold of your youngsters. Your youth group, I tell you, the secret of success on social media and live stream and tech it lies within your youth group. These guys are ready. They are digital natives. They are born. I mean, they probably know more than me and Ian, honestly. I mean, they, uh, I, I just worked with another church, Ian, uh, and, I, and, I, and I told them, you know, this is how we should do it. But I said, you know, why don't you get your youth group involved? And they gave strategies which I didn't even think of. Like these, because for them, it's not, a, it's not a science. It's not marketing technique or strategy and all these words. It's just the way they live. They're like, oh, let's do reels. And in the reels, let's do this. You know, let's do TikTok. Let's do, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. So tap into your youth group. Get some volunteers to help you with the tech. That is my biggest advice. So follow people like Ian, experts learn, that's one. Or two, if you have the resources, please hire a, a professional to help you. Third, if you don't have any of this, still follow the expert and get the uh, volunteers involved and allow them to do it, experiment with it. But one of the biggest uh, pieces of uh, encouragement I would give is just get started. Come on, just kick off. If you have not done it, I know you, most of you have done live stream because you had to do it during the lockdown. But now I would like uh, to encourage you to do uh, some things advanced. Go to the next step, which uh, I think we will uh, talk about as we go on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, taking things to the next level. So if you started off streaming on a, on a phone, then look at what you can do next, which might be from a computer. Uh, and thank you very much for all you, what you said about me. I, I, I was blushing a little bit in the background. But uh, yeah, this is the gear guide. If you go to iag.me forward slash gear guide, that is all the all the tech there. So if, you, if you're interested in what I use, that's all there. So that is that that is really great advice one thing that i've found that some churches struggle with or it is a, it's a challenge is how do you that there are effectively two audiences or even three audiences you've got your people within in your congregation and you've got people at home or out and about watching and of course you've got people watching in the future you've got your replay audience and I think a lot of church leaders who are le leading the service don't really know where to look to, to, or, or who to talk to. Do they talk to the congregation uh, and completely ignore the people watching at home or do they just look at the camera? It's a real struggle. And I'd just be interested to know what your experience is and what your thoughts are on, on this when it comes to leading church services. Yeah. Uh, I, now, one of the things I've started sharing with church leaders is to say, uh, go from this mindset of everyone to one. I'll tell you what, what I mean. Uh, because all, all, over the years, Ian, uh, the church and faith-based organizations are used to this idea of reaching the entire world, which is, which is a fact because there's a world out there where people need help, they need service, they need, uh, they need to hear the, hear uh, the right message, they need motivation, they need encouragement, they need help, they need the truth. So all that is true. You need to reach the entire world. But when it comes to creating content in the digital space, the way people consume content is not 
you know, like in a group, everybody right, right now, whoever is listening to us is listening to us on a phone, on individual, personal, one-on-one content consumption. So I have started telling uh, church leaders, when you create content, when you go live, when you speak to an audience, have this mindset, not everyone, but one. Not everyone, but one. When you when you internalize that, then you uh, when you say you know most of the time when I, the, one of the things I hear from church leaders is it's very difficult to sit in front. I mean, I, you put me on a pulpit, brother. I can talk to anybody, but you put me in front of a you know webcam and a camera. I get you know I don't know what to say. So so here is my advice for all of you: if you think like that, look at your one. Imagine that one person who you want to minister to, who you want to, uh, you know, share that truth with, share that message with. Imagine they're sitting in front of you. I mean, this again applies given to businesses and other kind of organizations, but just talk to that one person. We call it persona in the marketing world, right? So you create this persona, you create this uh, character and you put this character in front of you and just talk to that person. And uh, Ian again, as an expert will agree with me that, you know, that is the most effective way of communicating because you almost feel like, uh, you know, that person is talking to me, like I'm talking to you and I have this persona of a church leader or a faith-based leader in my mind. So I'm saying what I'm saying. I mean, you may actually feel it in some sense because I'm actually talking to one. I feel like I'm talking to just one person who's sitting in front of me. And I think uh, just to answer your question, Ian, I think that would be my biggest piece of advice in terms of life. And like Ian said, there there is your church congregation, there's people outside your church, and then the people who never heard of you, uh, who are not connected to your audience, who are going to discover you in the future. So there is the existing audience, extended audience, and the future discovery audience who are going to find out about you in the future. But all that is a technical jargon. Don't even like sit and think about who that is how do i find that all that is the next stage but basically for you as a content creator someone who uh, comes out there and puts a live video out there the the key is for you to say here is my one person and and this is how that what the person is define that person create that persona put it put that persona in front of you i know some people who actually draw it and take print out and they put it in front of them. Literally, I'm not joking. Uh, they have a printout of this, you know, this guy or a gal and they put it in front of them and they sit down and they talk to that person. If that's going to help you, go ahead and do it. But but just have that one person in your mind. I'm telling you, it's going to be very effective. Some of the best preachers I've seen are preachers who can, even on stage, who can get on stage and speak to this, you know, to 10,000 people, but you feel like they're talking to you. Have you ever felt that? That's a good Mm. speaker. Now the same principle applies to live video as well. That's the one thing I wanted to share. I think you're so right. And I I love the idea. I have heard people do this, print out uh, like a picture, uh, put it near the camera. And actually that reminds reminds me, I think a lot of churches could do that. You know, as churches are starting to, uh, people are starting to meet in, in the buildings now, but they're still live streaming. It's kind of like this hybrid kind of thing. Uh, Why not? You can obviously see the congregation in front of you, but in terms of the people watching from home or on their phones, why not just like, I don't know, print out a a picture of of somebody and put it in front of the camera. And then it's just really obvious when you're, when you're leading or preaching, you're saying, um, and if you're watching at home, welcome. It's great that you're here. We're excited that you're here. And uh, do, do, I mean, would you say, this is the other thing I was going to say, do you think it's good to encourage engagement and conversations, you know, some churches might be a little bit nervous about the comments 
And, you know, we have had, unfortunately, we've had some spam comments and, and people, you know, trolls getting in. And uh, so, but but there's a, obviously a great deal of positive um, as, as well when it comes to that. In your experience, do you, how much emphasis do you put on engagement and conversations in the comments? Yeah. So uh, in that, I just want to touch on a couple of angles. So first, I want to say, uh, don't look at your audience as two different things. As a, as a church, a uh, faith-based organization, don't look at your audience as online audience and in-person audience as two different things. No, they are not. I mean, think about it like that. I mean, they are in, in, in the physical sense. Somebody's in front of you and somebody's not. But if you look at it from a habitual or a practice point of view, uh, the person who is sitting inside the church holds the same smartphone that the person who is outside the church is using to watch your live stream. So here's another thing that I've asked, started asking church leaders, which is better? Like, uh, which, which would you think is more important? Uh, smartphone in the church or the church in the smartphone. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of player words. But I'm saying, you know, is a smartphone in the church better or is the church in the smartphone better? So it's starting to merge in. And I love the way you brought in that word hybrid. We are getting into a new way of life. And the church is not the regular church that as we know before. And for example, like some of the church that I go to and the church, even our own church, the people sitting in front of us are just a minuscule of the audience who are actually online. So there are more people online than the people sitting in front of you. And it's going to be the case. And not just because of the pandemic and even before the pandemic, that's how it was for our church. But with the pandemic, you're restricted. You got to have like 50% capacity, put everybody, you know, far away from each other and so on. Uh, so you, you're basically restricted, right? With the physical thing, but you have a huge audience online. So first thing I want to say is don't look at these two as two different things. Now, tweak, tweak your mindset as a leader, as a communicator to communicate to both in the same wavelength. It takes a little bit of practice, but you got to think that here is my core message. Now, this core message, and especially as a church, is not really difficult. I mean, if you are selling a product or a service, maybe a little more complicated. But as a church, what are, we, what are you actually communicating? It's the message of the Bible most of the times. It's something that's useful to a human being. So the human being could be in person or could be out, out there in the live stream behind the screen. It doesn't make a big difference, right? You're going to communicate that life-giving message to a human being no matter where they are. So it makes it a little bit easier for you. Again, another advantage of you being in a church. So, so what I'm saying is don't differentiate them. Just keep them. That's point number one. Now coming to question, uh, what about engagement and comment? Comments and engagement are very important. So one of the things I would advise though uh, is to have volunteers involved in your backend process. So we have a software, most of the places I work with as a consultant, that's the first thing I do. I have a monitoring software like, you know, uh, there are many tools out there. And again, you know, there's a lot, a lot of tools you can uh, look at. Uh, so I, I uh, recommend a few tools and we put volunteers in those tools and they are constantly watching them uh, comments. And I encourage the church leaders to involve the online congregation as much as we can, online audience as much as they can. So in fact, I, uh, the, our church, we start off our service by saying, well, welcome all the people who have come and we also welcome the people who are watching us online. So it's a nice thing, you know, you got you to gotta touch the people who are taking that effort to, you know, in spite of their, you know, child screaming and, you know, all those things going around, they are taking the effort to look at your phone and watch you preach and teach and you got to appreciate it a little bit, right? So, so acknowledge them, talk to them encourage them if you can i'm not saying you maybe you may not be able to do like what we do ian and me telling people to leave a comment or things like that i mean 
doesn't fit into the sermon style but at least in between you can say if you're watching online if you feel like it you know we've got a team that can pray for you or something like that so you can include the online so i would say engage engagement driving comments is a very important thing but at the same time put your monitoring systems and your moderation systems workflows first before you do that otherwise it kind of derails the whole thing as we all know so, so important. We've got the fabulous Justin Brown watching, saying, hey, Ian and Nachi, it feels like it's social media marketing world all at the moment. So it's great to see you, Justin, how you're doing really well. <laughs> and, oh, wow. Justin, yeah, so I, yeah, big fan of Justin. So, yeah, I, I, I think that is really, really helpful advice. And it, 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 I suppose I wasn't necessarily thinking about comments in the sermon or in the talk uh you know like come on come on pastor you, you, you're taking too long just stop talking. you know you might get some negative comments like that but but maybe within the in the in the service there might be some interactive bits that you could like what do you think about this or what are you, um that that might work really well so um yeah i and, I, and that's something that we used a lot during the pandemic now that we've gone to more of a hybrid service I'm seeing people, I'm seeing we're not doing that hardly at all, actually. We've almost forgotten that that is a possibility. And so I think, I think a lot of the stuff that we've learned during the having to do it completely online, I think that should inspire us in the way forwards and maybe kind of rejig re things a little bit. I want to ask you, Nachi. You mentioned earlier starting off, if you can start off maybe with a phone or with a, with a computer. But you also talked about, I don't know whether this was the phrase you used, but leveling things up or, 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 or trying new things. We certainly talk about trying new things. So what are some, uh, if we want to level things up, if we want to make things, I don't know what the word is, more exciting, more accessible, whatever that word is that we want to use, what's the next stage? What are some of the things that we can do to level things up? Yeah. So excellent. So I was waiting to get to this part because this is what excites <laughs> me now, because uh, it's not enough to just uh, say, OK, you know, like you said, we had to do it. So we did it. Now we don't have to do it, but we'll anyway still do it. You know, let's see, you know, just it's on the side. The, the live stream team can keep doing what they're doing. OK, that's not enough. Right. So I want to talk to the uh, all you church uh, leaders and faith based organizations who are serious about creating an impact. Right. As nonprofit leaders, I want to talk to you because there's so much you can do with uh, with if you continue doing this, but in a great level. So let me talk about two strategies here, or in other words, two funnels here. So one funnel is for existing audience, and the other funnel is for your extended audience, like I mentioned earlier. The existing audience, uh, when, when I say funnel, it's like a marketing term, but uh, but basically it's just taking people and walking them through a journey and leading them towards a particular direction. And as a nonprofit of faith base, it's mostly towards life life transformation or making them join a community or uh, making them part of your uh, your movement or anything like that, something like that, right? Or spreading awareness about what you do. So ultimately that's the objective, right? That's why you do what you do. Now, how can you take this existing audience of yours and walk them through this? That is where I think live streaming has this in incredible capacity. If you strategically plan the next steps after somebody watches a live stream. So for example, if your congregation or your church audience, they watch a live stream, what do you want to do them? What do you want them to do next? Earlier, they watched a sermon, they, they clapped their hands, they prayed and they went, right? You couldn't do much about it. But today, imagine this, the, even people who are sitting in your church, listen carefully, people who are sitting in your church, they don't finish, say the closing prayer and they go home. That's not over. 
you know why it's not over because of this little device that they have in their hand it is not over they continue to stay with your church if you have an app if you have a website if you have a social media presence if you have a facebook page guess what they are still in your church even as they go back they are still connected to you if they have whatsapp if they have messenger they're still connected to you so my question to all of you is how can you keep this conversation going i'm not saying they should continue to like keep talking about your sermon all week i mean people got to work they have life they have to do what they do but what i'm saying is this let's just give i'll give you an example let's just say you talked about on sunday about uh, you know uh, success in in biblical principles of success that's let's just say because it's a, it's a topic you many of you might uh, remember so biblical principles of success you talked about that and you gave a sermon on sunday now on monday when they go to work and they are working on it what if you are able to send them a whatsapp message or a messenger chatbot saying hey we talked about success hope you're having a good day at work with your success is there anything you would like to talk about in terms of success you send that in a strategic timing like in the lunch break or after work and so on so what you do is you are starting to reinforce the message into their system so you're taking them to the next level so your live stream is not just your live stream but your live stream is actually a starting point at the top of the funnel for something deeper so you plan the whole thing out uh, out of the 100 people in your congregation maybe 10 people will respond to you or maybe one person will respond to you saying yes pastor i was thinking about that now i'm having this issue in the in the office what do you think then you respond to them then you say all right this week we are going to have a follow-up live stream this is where it gets interesting on wednesday where i'm going to jump on say TikTok or you know instagram live we're going to have an instagram live on wednesday where we talk uh, about 15 minutes just 15 more minutes about this this particular verse about success from uh, joshua right what is good success joshua chapter one right all of us know that so and then you say we're going to talk about that and then you you expound a little bit more which is basically digging deeper into the funnel going deeper into your content on wednesdays and then people are tuning in and then what are they doing they're saying oh this is interesting i heard this on sunday now i'm talking looking at this live stream on uh, wednesday and then on thursday you get an email saying okay you know something to follow up so what i'm saying is basically this i mean most business organizations know this the thing is to keep you in touch with people and then they'll come on sunday again guess what first of all the message is reinforced so your goal of transforming lives is starting to happen second of all they're in touch with your ministry which means they're more connected you're starting to build this real relationship so live streaming and live video casts in incredible connection capability that you can leverage on so that's your existing audience and quickly on the extended side similarly some when you do live the beauty of live again ian will tell you and if you watch all his shows you will know that live video has this incredible algorithmic magic where you are exposed to new people new audience right and even justin who just popped up he will tell you the power of video he's like the video guru right so he will tell you how important videos are with respect to reaching new people so new people find you they discover you on youtube facebook or wherever and then they say oh this is interesting what nachi is talking about is interesting what ian is saying is interesting oh biblical principles of success i never knew the bible talks about success i thought the bible was like the good and bad and morality book and you know uh, what 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 does it say you know something curious then you say hey did you find it interesting click here to learn more about what you can do next or do you have a question about success 
click here and I'll give you an answer. Maybe you can have a poll. Maybe you can have a bot that answers question. What does the Bible really talk about success? Click. Yes. Here's a verse. Click on the verse. Openbible.com. Read that scripture. Oh, I never knew that the Bible talked about scripture. So what I'm saying is you kind of lead people from a live stream to another live stream on Wednesday in Instagram, to another live stream maybe on YouTube. So you kind of weave your message into a thing. So this kind of advanced uh, strategy or funnel building is something that I would really want church leaders to start thinking about. Instead of saying live stream, we just do everything live. That's just the first step. Come on, you can do better than that. Uh, we have done the live stream. It's over. Now let's go to the next level. So uh, that's something I wanted to share. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I think often we think, yeah, let's just live stream the service and then that's it. And we can all go to back to bed or whatever it is we were doing before. And it's so much more than that. Um, you mentioned WhatsApp and I think WhatsApp is uh, an incredibly powerful network and it's particularly good at the that, that one, uh, that what's the word I'm looking for, but communicating, it's a communication tool. How, I'm just interested, how would a church actually utilize WhatsApp? Because some churches are going to think, oh, like what Natchi said there was amazing, but are we all going to have to like just send individual messages to each person on congregation? We've got like 200 people. That seems like a lot of work. Is there a kind of a service or a tool that we can use or a strategy that we can use to help with that um, side of things? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, that question. That's another area that I'm I'm huge. Uh, I'm a huge uh, student of now, and I'm like digging deeper. It's a private messenger area, and I think private messenger. I actually call it private media, like social media. It's like a whole different thing. Um, so it's an area that is going to transform the way nonprofits and churches work. Because at the end of the day, nonprofits are about community, and there's no better way of building community than uh, these uh, messengers. So it comes back to your question so is it difficult is it uh you know how, how do we reach people for example on whatsapp uh, by the way all the tools like uh, messenger facebook messenger instagram direct they all have similar setups but let me focus on whatsapp for a minute because i that's the largest right now and one of the most powerful things if you've not explored whatsapp i highly recommend you do that i've got lots of blogs that i've written about whatsapp uh whatsapp has this tool called broadcast list okay if you've never heard of this listen to this broadcast list is like an email list only, I'm going to say the number, the open rate is like way more than 90%. Like for most of my clients, like 98%. Or those of you who are doing email, you know what that means. Email is like, if you get 15% open rate, you're like you a star. But I'm talking about more than 90% open because why? Because people who use WhatsApp use WhatsApp like a, like a message, like a, a text message. I mean, that's where they live. Their families text them, their friends text them. They open WhatsApp messages. So, um, so this is like a private media. They trust this platform and that's why it's growing. And you can have this email list kind of a thing called broadcast list where, listen to this, if you have even 10,000 people, right? 5,000 people, you can message them in a matter of minutes. If you have less than 256, which is the uh, cap for every list, uh, you can message them in a second, but uh, it only takes a few minutes even, even, even to message like uh, 5,000 people, for example, because if there's only so many lists you'll have to, and it's all like clicks and clicks and clicks and, and they all get it like broadcast. And when they get it, they don't get it like a group message. They get it directly from your church number as a one-on-one -on -one message. So you are sending it group, just like an email, right? Email blast. When you get an email, you get it from one person, but they are actually blasting it out to multiple people. So 
all those type of things are there and having said that there's just many ways to use it and uh, and it's a right probably the segue to talk about the resource that we're going to give out which is about private messaging so seven ways to use private messenger including whatsapp broadcasters i have a worksheet and i have a workbook which we're going to give away and ian can actually tell you about that yeah, definitely. Thank you. Well, that yeah, we've got a, a link that this is the right link, isn't it? Uh, which is natchi.link forward slash Ian. That's I-A-N. So that's natchi.link forward slash Ian. And Natchi's put this uh, t- this page together, uh, which is very kind of you, Natchi. Thank you for that. So do check that out because uh, that is a, an amazing resource. And Natchi, you're just so uh, full of all this information and all this experience and uh definitely check that out because I know it's going to be very helpful to people. Thank you for that, Nachi. Now, just before we finish, we've just got a few minutes left and I do want to ask you this uh, just before we finish. Uh, We've talked a lot about communicating with the individual, um, but the church, I mean, technically the church is not the building, you know, it's the people. So how do we encourage, um, we talked about engagement, but how do we encourage community in a digital sense from our live streams? Yeah, very important because uh, live stream is ju- is just the beginning. And as uh, as you know, video has this emotional element to it, where uh, people look at you, they connect with you, they feel like they can they can hear you, and you. It's it's very important for you to give them the next step. So the next step is community building, and one of it is to decide where on what ground you want to build your community. So there are multiple ways to do it. You can build your community on a p- public social media platform like Facebook groups, which is very popular. And by the way, I'm told that Facebook groups uh, with faith-based organizations is even something that Facebook is interested in and they, they're putting a lot of resources behind it. And uh, Facebook sees that faith-based communities are important for their platform. So you could do that. But I also know many church leaders who would like to build this outside a private uh, public platform into a private community uh, the tool you do have those things. You've got softwares, you've got tools that will help you build a private community, just like Facebook groups, but not on Facebook, on your own server. So that is another way to do that. And the other way to do it is uh, on private media, like private messenger, you've got messenger rooms, messenger groups, Uh, you can, like I said, broadcast lists on WhatsApp and things like that. Now, I would recommend, personally, I would recommend you look at both. You look at, in fact, you look at all the three. Right. And have a strategic way in which people really prefer uh, being on the social media platform of their choice. For example, if I like Instagram, I like to be on Instagram Uh, just because I like you. Don't make me come to Facebook, which I'm not very interested in. You know, some people might say that. I mean, I like everything, but I'm saying, you know, (laughs) some people may not like YouTube. Some people may not like being on, uh, you know, um, uh, WhatsApp. So don't try to move people around. So you should have a st- one strategy where you minister and reach out to people in platform, keeping them comfortable where they are. Then the next step is private media, where you actually move the public conversation into a private space, but still owned by somebody else. So it's a rented land, but at least it's a private rented land, right? It's like a private villa that you have, you know, it's like not <laughs> accessible by others, where you have this conversation, you help people, you build this but ultimately, you can also have uh, an area that is owned by you. So from a rented land to an own land where you move them into your, your church or your own server or your own online. So I think it's a, a community building needs to be strategic in all these three areas. And uh, especially for large organizations, they need to plan it this way. 
So true. And he used a very scary word. I'm only joking. Strategy. Strategic. <laughs> and it's so important. A lot of churches kind of like hide away from that. But it is absolutely vital that you think about all of those things. You have been so generous with... Uh, all your expertise and your times, Nachi. Thank you so much. Do check out the link. It's nachi.link forward slash Ian. Uh, and you can download the workbook on how to use private messaging apps. And uh, I'm very excited to read more about that because it's something that I think more churches need to be using. So thank you for that, Nachi. So uh, what, where's the best place for people to um, connect with you? There's, there's obviously that link. Um, Where's the best uh, place on social to connect with you and uh, your website as well? Tell us a bit more. Instagram is the best place. I'm Nachi Lazarus on Instagram. Uh, I also have a nachilazarus.com website, but Instagram has this, even though there's only one link, that link has links to everything else that I do. So, uh, and it's also visual and it's it's open and it's uh, public. So Instagram is the best place for me to connect. It's Nachi Lazarus on Instagram. Definitely check that out. Any questions or anything? Happy to help. Sorry. Thank you, Nachi. Yeah, do reach out to Nachi uh, if you have any questions. And I do love Nachi's, all his content on Instagram, his videos and everything is fantastic. And I have to say, I love your branding, your yellow background. If you're listening to the podcast, you will not see the beauty of this uh, yellow background, but it is it is amazing. Um, and just before we go into you, so one of the questions that I always ask um, my guests is like, what is their favorite genre of music? So tell us a bit more about your favorite genre of music. My favorite is, uh, a, a, uh, I don't know whether it is it as a genre, but it's uh, a South Indian style of music by, uh, it's a South Indian movie style of music in the 80s. Uh, it is by a composer called Ilya Raja. It's, uh, it's like a, I mean, it really doesn't have the genre, genre, but uh, that that person you can look him up. Uh, it's uh, he was he was a genius, and he did like I, I think like a thousand movies or something like that. Wow, uh, incredible numbers! He's he was a genius, and he his style of music is my favorite. So I would anytime I want to listen to it, I would play his. Uh, I grew up with that as a kid in the eighties, uh, and uh, uh, Ile Raja. That's that's the genre. I would say that's the genre. He really okay. does that. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. Ch- I'm gonna have to check that out. I mean, I'm a big uh, Bollywood fan. I think one, one of my favorite movies was um, Men Who Nah, uh, which is kind of almost like a Matrix style thing. It's just hilariously funny, but it's great stuff. But I love that kind of music. But I'm gonna have to definitely check that out. I'm always looking to expand my my knowledge of different types of music. You love it. Yeah. yeah, I will. I will definitely. Well, thank you, Nachi. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic to have you on the show. Really appreciate you taking your time with that. But we are out of time. My goodness, time has flown so, so quickly. Uh, so thank you so much for plugging us into uh, our ears or your ears, even if I can get that right. Um, if you haven't checked out the podcast, go to iag.me forward slash podcast and you can subscribe or follow is the actual new word that we need to be using on your favorite app. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Natural.
Lazarus, Nachi Lazarus, Nachi Lazarus on the show. Nachi Lazarus, Nachi Lazarus, Nachi Lazarus on the show. Churches and faith-based love streaming. Churches and faith-based love streaming.